Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You Got Mail. I'm your host, Bella, and we're here for another week, which is very, very exciting. I'm sorry if this audio sounds weird. I have to currently move rooms. I've moved rooms downstairs because Louis is here right now and he is in my bedroom, which means we have had to change recording positions, but we adapt, we move, we overcome. This is not a terrible thing. This podcast is also late because I've just about recovered from my hangover at this point. It has taken the full day. I have just been to Sainsbury's and bought the fattest load of snacks. I felt judged. I'll put it out there. I felt judged by the takeaway, not takeaway person. What's that? Check out person. This podcast, there might be elements where my brain is a bit slow. And I do apologise, but we move. We move. I did feel judged by the checkout guy. I got, like, magic stars, white chocolate buttons. I got smoothie. I got crisps. And also, because my sister goes to Paris tomorrow, I had to buy all of her snacks as well. So I just looked. It it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It, it, it was a very appalling shopping basket. But we move. It happens, okay? Sometimes we need these little treats to get us through the day. And also, I'm going to binge watch Stranger Things tonight with Louis. I've decided we're going to do it and um, I need good snacks for that. You know, who we can't, we can't be having a dry snackless occasion. I've done that thing where, you know, when you're hungover and you just eat loads of shit throughout the day and you end up just feeling really sick because nothing makes the hangover go. I always used to think if I ate things and it would make the hangover leave and that's just not true. It's actually drinks. I feel like I'm now realising the older I get that drinks on a hangover are the cure, not food. But we move. We Sometimes though you don't have the drink options and that is why we're here. Guys, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been such a great week, but also a wow week. Like, just a, quite a big week. Oh, let's... Where do I even begin? So this week I was in Leeds at the beginning of the week for my job, which was really exciting to see everyone in person, but also kind... Oh, sorry also kind of intense, like intense in the most brilliant way because it was lovely to see everyone, but also because when you work remotely, you want to maximise the amount of time when you actually see people face to face. And it meant that like I arrived and then you see, spend all evening with each other. Then you go and you spend the entire next day working and then you spend the evening again and then you spend the next day full working. So it's like nine, but then till 10 o'clock at night because there's a social afterwards because obviously we don't really get to see each other that much. So it was really nice, but it meant on Wednesday when I came home, I was exhausted. I was so tired. I was just so overdone with it all. And then I still had two days of work left, which was weird. It felt like I should just be like the working week had finished now. It felt like I should just be getting time off. And that wasn't quite what happened. But <laughs> at least we got to see everyone. At least it was nice to finally meet in person. I think because the first time we all met up, we were strangers. It was more stilted, whereas this time, because obviously we've been working together for two months, it was really like, it was just lovely to see everyone. And because in my job, we've kind of, well, it's not really a job, it's an internship program. Um, there's been two different cohorts. We kind of, there was 30 of us taken in and we got split in the middle, like 15 and 15. And we both got put on two different courses, like a software engineering course, which is the one I'm on, and the data team. So it's been really nice to see the other group because obviously I haven't really seen any of them since it all began and I got quite close with them on the first few days. And so that was really lovely just to kind of catch up and find out what they'd been up to. It was so interesting, but I did that at the beginning of the week, which also has meant my week has been really out of kilter. Normally, I like I'll plan my workout, like go for a few runs, podcast, everything like that is on time. But ever since then, 
the week has just gone thoroughly downhill in terms of routine based. Like I have not worked out like six days. I haven't worked out this week. I basically just feel like I've had to give myself a week off everything. A week off like the normal routine of everything. The only thing I've managed to keep consistent is the TikTok videos, which God only knows how I've managed that. I got back from yet. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. But anyway, I got home yesterday and I'd had a few drinks I knew I had to record a video and I was stressed. I was stressed. I had to force myself to sober up on the bus because I was like, oh no, I'm just going to record something that's rubbish. It's terrible. And I don't want to break my streak because I'm scared then the algorithm will hate me. And I also think it's good that I'm holding myself accountable. And now my TikTok following has grown quite dramatically. I feel like I owe it to people to record these videos. So that's what we're doing. I feel like that's another thing I need to talk about in terms of life update for this week. Oh, have I pressed record? Yes, we could. <laughs> in terms of life update for this week, bloody hell. That happened fast, didn't it? I recorded one, this video I recorded. I cannot tell you the stress to post that video it took. It was awful. I had to, I uploaded that about seven times and had to take it down and upload it, take it down. And all I could think about was all of the Instagram help posts or TikTok help posts are always like, don't delete your content. TikTok will hate you. Don't do it. And I was basically thinking, right, this is it. it it's, this is going to get max a thousand views. It's, it's not going to go very high because I've had to delete it so many times. And it finally went up. And now it's on something ridiculous, like half a million, which is mental to me. Absolutely mental. I'm so excited and grateful because I'm now realising that you've got mail could become something quite big, which is so exciting. I feel like I'm on the tip of an iceberg, like a tip of something very, very exciting. So I've just got to keep going with it. But it is, it is mad. And the other weird thing that's about it is the one that's done the best is the one I liked the least. I just posted that one because it had a bit of a fit on my audio on the other one. So I just was like, oh, we'll post two and then I'll delete it tomorrow morning. And then by the time I woke up, it had already been sorted and got so many views that I realised I couldn't delete it. So I just left it. And wow, what a good life choice that was. <laughs> oh, guys. What a week. What a week. And then my boyfriend came home from uni as well, which was very, very nice. It was just, it's nice not to be long distance anymore. Long distance is, it's great because it forces you to focus on yourself, but then it makes you realise when, like, he's come back now. Like, I have really missed just having him around. It's just nice. It's like, just walking to the shops today, it's just, I was doing just a lot of stuff on my own, which I'm not against because I love doing stuff on my own. We know this. <laughs> but also because of that, I then, I'm going to have to move my leg. Because of that, I then started creating the TikTok videos. So I think that was a very positive thing that came out of it all. But it is just nice to have him home. I can't deny it. It is. So he came back on Thursday night. And then on Friday, I had my, like, obviously just last day at work. And what did I do on Friday night? Oh, Friday night, I felt really anxious, actually. I don't know why. I just felt really, really anxious, felt really out of sorts. And I did something that I haven't really done before. So my boyfriend came here and we were having some drinks with my family and we were all just chatting and everything. And it got to like eight o'clock and I realised I just felt really anxious and overdone. And I think I was just overtired because it had been such a big week going to Manchester because I went to Manchester on for the Sunday night because me and my boyfriend hadn't seen each other in a month. So it was time to go. Um... And I was just a bit, I don't know, I think I've just been overtired from doing that and then going to Leeds and doing the in-person days and everything. It was just a lot. So then on Friday night, I was just so tired and so just socially drained that I just had to go upstairs. And I've never done that before. Normally, I'll just push through things. And I just had to go upstairs because I realised I was getting really panicked about everything. 
And that's not good. That's not what we want. So that was a good little experiment that I did. And then on Saturday, Saturday, what did we do? I had a big day yesterday. Oh my God, Saturday was yesterday. We did, it was terrifying, but let me set the scene. So the school that I went to, it's in Robinhood Bay, I think. Anyway, it has a really pretty like garden area and they started this festival when I left. And it's kind of, you pay for a ticket, it's kind of like a picnic, a lot of the kids go and they have like the picnic areas and they go and they listen to the music and a lot of the parents just have drinks, it's that type of thing, it's an end of term summer thing, this is a pause, I'm really sorry if you can hear. Okay, I'm back, I just had to go turn down the radio because my dad started cooking and we cannot have that as the background noise as well. <laughs> but... I went, so they were doing this Rose Garden concert and I haven't been back to school in years since I left and I was really scared about it, I can't lie, and I don't know why because it's totally irrational. Like, why Why should I feel scared about going to this event to go and watch some people play music and have a few drinks and potentially see some people I know but probably not see anyone that I know because obviously no one's there anymore. And it was just, I don't know, I just felt really, really nervous about it. I find it really hard going back into these situations where I'm really different to how I was. Like, back then, I feel like I was a much more... I was so different. I was so different. I mean, I was only 18, 17, 18. I was only 17. I didn't even turn 18 at school. I feel like I need to be kinder to myself about it. But I always find it really anxiety-inducing going back into these situations where I'm not who I am anymore because I feel like I have to fit into that box. I feel like I have to fit into the box that I used to be and that box makes me feel really uncomfortable because I think I've changed so much since then. Which kind of leads me on to kind of topic of this podcast episode, which I want to talk about nostalgia because I find nostalgia a really tricky thing. Really tricky. I think as a person, I'm quite... I like reflecting on things. I like remembering things. I love memories. I love writing down things that happen. I always love like recollecting about different things that have happened. I love storytelling. I feel like I just really, really enjoy it. And so the tricky thing I have with nostalgia is the kind of rose-tinted way that we look back on things. And I think I remember it in a rose-tinted way, but also it gives me quite a lot of anxiety. Because when I'm thinking about these things and I want them to be as they were... I very rapidly realise that they're never going to be like that again and that makes me feel really anxious. Does that make sense? I think the thing with nostalgia is that you're craving a time gone by. You're craving a period of your life which is over and when you're craving that period of that's already passed, I think not only are you craving that situation but you're also craving everything that's around it. You're craving your social situation at that point. You're craving the relationship with your family. You're craving basically to go back to that exact same moment again. And it's weird thinking about that now because when you are craving and you want to go back to that moment, I feel like it's really interesting to ask you why, yourself why. Like what was so good about that part that you're feeling so nostalgic for? And I've noticed it about myself. Like sometimes I feel really nostalgic about when I was living at uni and I was with all my friends and like, hanging out with my best friend all the time I feel really nostalgic about it but when I'm feeling like I'm missing that part part <laughs> that was weird when I feel like I'm really missing that I'm really nostalgic for that period of time it's normally because I'm missing something in my life normally it's because I'm either feeling really lonely or I'm feeling like I'm not really doing anything or I'm missing being in education because the thing no one tells you about when you leave education is that all of a sudden you have no more free time. Like you, you're not in charge of your own life anymore. You have other things to do. You have to work. You have to like have a full-time job where 
you give up your time for that company, you get rewarded in money. It's totally a different way of thinking. Whereas at edu- for school, it's like you get this certain amount of time, amount of day to learn. You're trying to achieve more. You're aspiring to do more. You're going up through the levels. That's the type of thing that you're going for. You're really pushing for that type of lifestyle. Whereas when you start working, it kind of feels like an exchange of your time just for money. That's why it's so important to find a job that you love. So it doesn't feel like that. But it is an interesting kind of transition to make. And I think that is one of the things I'm really nostalgic about when I'm thinking about uni is that kind of control over your own time, control over your own life. I don't know if it's called autonomy. I don't think that's it. I think autonomy is your body. But anyway, I think it's that idea that you are not totally controlled by something else. And I do miss that sometimes. I miss that kind of being able to dictate what I want to do. I mean, who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to decide what they're going to do with their time all the time? Like, you know, it's the dream, isn't it? And I think that's what we're all aspiring to eventually. But when I am feeling nostalgic for these times, it's really easy to remember everything in rose-tinted glasses. And I think that's what's scary about nostalgia. It's the fact that when you remember things, you only remember how good they were. We very quickly skim over the bad things because we're feeling nostalgic because we want to remember those things in a good way. We want it to have been really good because then it ruins the illusion if all of a sudden it wasn't. Like if all of a sudden I start remembering how it actually was, I start realising that it wasn't that great and it's just a bit like, oh no, this it, this isn't what I was expecting really. It's not, I don't really want to go back. It ruins the kind of dream that you create and that's what makes it so tricky. And I think it is weird how we focus on that positive because how hardwired our brains are to focus on the negative. It's really easy to remember everything with the rose-tinted glasses, but after things that I've read recently, if anything, we should just be focusing on the negative because that's how our brains work. I mean, I'm very glad we don't. But I think it is important when you are recollecting something and when you are feeling really nostalgic about something to ask yourself what was it really like. I think it's nice to remember sometimes things in a rose-tinted way, being honest. I don't think there's any harm in it. Sometimes it's nice just to remember all the good parts and just leave it at that because sometimes the bad parts are painful. Sometimes they bring up parts you don't really want to think about right now. They bring up issues that you don't really want to discuss. You don't really want to have that internal dialogue with yourself right now. And it's just a time, it's a situation for another day and that's okay. But I think it's important to remember actually how it was and I think that's what the biggest anxiety filler thing was for me about school going back to school I used to feel really nostalgic about school because I loved like I loved my school I was really lucky I really enjoyed it I I was really lucky at school I, I did enjoy it I had a good school experience I know not everyone did and I know not everyone does but I was really fortunate in the fact that I did have a good school experience and sometimes I do feel nostalgic for that kind of I think I know I was saying how it's really nice being able to control your own time, but also I really kind of miss that the social element of school in particular, the having your classroom full of people and that constant being able to build relationships and then get better and better and better and better because you're spending so much time with people. Like when you get to that point and you're just really comfortable with the people around you. Like I remember in year 10, no, year eight, Year eight was the best year, I reckon, because this was my philosophy. Year seven, you're a new kid. That's not fun. Year nine, you're starting to think about GCSEs. Year 10, 11, 12, 13, they're fucking stressful. They're GCSEs, A-levels, all of that stuff. But year eight, year eight's a nothing year. Year eight, you're not the first ones of the school. You're also not nowhere near the eldest. You're also still just learning. So it was just a lot of fun. And I just kind of remember everything being a lot less serious. And I feel nostalgic for that. I feel... 
when I think about the memories of everything that happened, it is, it does feel like a time properly gone by. And I think that's the thing about nostalgia. You're not only nostalgic because you wish you could go back there and you're missing that happening now, but it's also because you wish you could be at that point looking forward. And it can be kind of scary thinking that those parts are over, which I know is a bit of a downer way to think about it, but it can be a little bit intimidating to think like, I've done school now, I've also done uni, I've done a lot of things and I'm getting older and it's a little bit terrifying, but it is just a kind of, got to remember that you're only as ever going to be as young as you are now, you're never going to be older than you are now, you're never going to be younger than you are now, like you are only as ever old and young as you are in the present moment, this is it, if that makes sense. But going back to the point I was trying to make about school, it's, I think this rose-tinted nostalgia is what I felt feel about school. I feel like I'm thinking about all the really positives. But when I actually was faced with going back, I was filled with so much anxiety. And I think that's because the rose-tinted glasses stopped being so rose-tinted. I started to remember what things I'd forgotten about. Things that, like, I'm, I'm not going to complain. Like, I did have a lovely school experience. I know some people had some really bad ones, as I said. But it was just kind of, it wasn't all great you know you just remember little snippets and actually being there and looking around the classrooms and I was like oh I felt really lonely in that year or do you remember oh I I remember crying in that spot or I remember like feeling really left out or I remember when I failed that test and it was like walking around the school kind of reminded me of the actual reality of these I feel like when you're feeling nostalgic about things it's really easy to forget that these things actually happened and I know that sounds ridiculous I don't mean it in a ridiculous way I mean it in a kind of it's sometimes really easy just to paint it as a memory and forget that these are actual real life situations that happen to you and it kind of makes it feel out of context. When you actually go and visit, it is a bit of like a, oh, this is weird. This is weird because so much has changed since I've been here and now I'm back and it was just kind of, I think, in my rose-tinted way of recollecting about school and about how I enjoyed it and everything, it kind of, it threw me off going back because it brought up memories that I wasn't really sure about. You know, it it was things that are not major things, but it was like friendship arguments that I have. Or I remember being really told off by this teacher once. Or, for example, like in PE, looking down at the playing fields, and I remember how nervous... I was quite good at track, like running. And I remember how nervous I used to get before the track things. And after each race, I would, like, really... Up, unsurprisingly, I pushed myself really hard because this is a running trait in my life. <laughs> we just like to take things to the extreme. But... And I used to like throw up after every single running race because I tried so hard. And it was just kind of like these things that I didn't realise how much anxiety was a dominant factor in my life at school. Because I didn't really talk about how anxious I felt to anyone. I talked about it to mum and dad, but like I never really felt like at school I properly fitted in. I know that sounds really strange because I did have a, a lot of friends and... I did get on with people well and academically I was quite good at all the lessons. There wasn't really an element where I didn't feel like I fitted in, but I never really had like a solid friendship group that lasted from the beginning to the end. And I feel like I always felt like I should. And I feel like I was quite good friends with the older years, but I also didn't fit in there. Do you know, I felt like I was always jumping between groups, but I was never in the group. I was kind of always on the outskirts and I liked it that way because it meant I could move into around different people's friendship groups and it meant that I could have that freedom to talk to whoever I wanted to talk to. Not that you need to have freedom, but do you know what I mean? Like I could mix and match and it was nice to have that opportunity, but also I think it's tricky 
because I part of me craved having that really solid group. Part of me craved that kind of really solid part of the friendship group and I think I did feel lonely at points. It wasn't super obvious and I think I hid it pretty well because it was kind of like I didn't really focus on it too much but I don't know. I don't know. I think I've, I craved finding people that properly, properly clicked. And I think sometimes I went to a really small school. And I think sometimes the issue in that is that there's not loads of people where you go to school. And that makes it sometimes a bit tricky. That makes it so that you ha- rather than getting the freedom to choose who you want to be friends with, you have to be friends with people. And I think that's both a blessing and a curse. I think it's a blessing because you learn to get on with people really well. You learn really good people skills because you don't have the option of picking and choosing. And if you fall out with someone, you have to make friends because there was like six girls in my year. But it also has the other way around of you can't pick your people. You can't explore different areas. You can't try different things. You're just getting on. And I think part of me kind of always craved finding someone that like properly, properly clicked in every single aspect. And like not just one person as well, because there were people, I had best friends, like definitely clicked with people, but like a larger group of people, you know? I always craved having that. And hearing like my boyfriend's experience of his time at school and my friend's experiences of their time at school, they did have that. And I think it's hard not to compare yourself to other people. And I think that's the issue with nostalgia is that I'm remembering it and wanting it and wishing I was back there, but I forget about these other elements of school, you know? It was weird going back, guys. I can't deny it. And it was weird as well because the biggest thing I'm now realising about nostalgia is that you think things stay as you remember them. You think, the so from the last day I left there, I think the school has stayed the exact same. And I walked around, and it had, of course it had. Like, they haven't had any massive building changes. Nothing's changed. But I looked around at the student cohort and all of these, because I worked quite a lot in the primary school, um, all of these little kids that I was teaching, all of a sudden, I say teaching, I was I was volunteering helping them read. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm bigging myself up a little bit there. But um, like they were now in year six going into year seven. I was like, God... Maybe you all haven't stood still. Of course it hasn't stood still. And I think it's really strange that we all expect it to have stood still. But it does feel that way. It feels like it's paused in your memory forever. I remember this when I went to my primary school. That was the weirdest. When I left primary school, when you leave year six, you feel like you're incredible. Invincible almost. Because you're the biggest of the school. You've been through everything. You're the top dog. Like, it's so much fun. And I went back and I looked around. And then all of the people that I'd known, no one was there anymore. And the teachers had changed. And there wasn't really people to talk to. And in a weird way, I kind of regretted going back, you know. I kind of regretted it because I didn't get to... My last memory of it wasn't as I remember it. My last memory of it was thinking, oh, this is really different to how I left it. And it's kind of a bit of a sadder one, I think. I think this is the danger with nostalgia. It's that we think we want to go back. We think it's going to be really good to go back. We think if we go back, that... We think if we... We think if we go back that it's going to be exactly as we left it and we're going to be able to feel exactly the same as we left it. You think you're going to go back into school and you're going to have all your mates there and it's a weird kind of feeling that you're wanting, you're craving. And when you go back, it's not like that at all. It's not like that in the slightest. I think it's just something to be aware of. That if you're feeling nostalgic, don't go back to the same situation expecting it to replicate the same scenario because it's not going to happen. And it's taken me a while to realise that and a while to perceive that 
everything moves on and revisiting something, you're revisiting a new version of that place. You are not revisiting your old school. You're revisiting your school in 2022 with a whole new group of people in it. And that can be kind of unsettling because in your head it stayed the exact same and it hasn't in reality. And I know it hasn't and I don't know why it's unsettling, but part of it is unsettling. So I guess my advice for you is if you are feeling nostalgic about what's going on at the moment or you're missing a time gone by, is it's really fine to be nostalgic and it's really fine to want to go back and to crave those feelings of crave those social things. I don't know, whatever it is about that experience that you're missing, but I think it's really interesting to identify what is it that you think you're missing? When you're feeling nostalgic, what is it about that certain period of your life that you are nostalgic about? Because by identifying those parts of your life that you are nostalgic for, you kind of identify the areas of your life that you're lacking, if that makes sense. So for me, I was saying how I was nostalgic about bits of school and I knew it was the social element of school. And that means that I think I'm lacking a bit, like socially at the moment. I'm not getting enough input from that. And I could tell that because yesterday, my boyfriend and my best friend, they both came round and we played, we had a drinks night. Like there is a reason I'm hungover. Um... And we just played board games. We played Uno Monopoly Deal. Monopoly Deal, not Uno. And we played card games. We played Ring of Fire. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And I'm really, really lucky that, like, my best friend since age three and my boyfriend, they get on like a fucking house on fire. It's brilliant. They're really, really good friends. In their own friendship as well, which is lovely. Like, no, do not undervalue where like how great it is when someone you love also loves someone else that you love and then you guys can all hang out together because we just all hang out and it's I just look at them both and I just feel so happy and so grateful and so like excited that they get on because it just makes life so much easier so much easier but anyway they both came round and it was just we were just laughing and joking and like I was properly properly laughing and I think that's the only thing that has been a little bit like, oh, I think because I've been so isolated, like, so isolated, I start to make myself sound like properly Billy No Mates just here on my own, feeling sorry for myself. I don't mean it like that. And I'm sorry if it's coming across like that. I mean more because I've been really focusing on doing my own thing recently because I haven't really had many people around me. I, everything is fine, but you miss the laughter side of things. You miss that conversation because I think laughter is something that you really share with friends and you can't quite replicate that laughter through watching something online or a TV programme or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's a different type of laughter than when your friend's telling you a story. Like my best friend, she told me a story and honestly, I was wetting myself. It was a proper deep belly laughing. I was crying. It was hilarious. And I would just afterwards, I was like, I haven't laughed like that in ages. And I knew that when I was feeling nostalgic about going back to school... It was because I was feeling nostalgic about the kind of social side of it for me personally. And that's what I was lacking right now. And I think it's really interesting to use nostalgia as kind of like a metal detector for feelings. No, a metal detector for what you're lacking in your life right now. Going over each possible emotion, going over each possible action where it finally starts beeping when you finally get to what the actual issue is. But anyway, nostalgia is a tricky one. I just think it, I think nostalgia is just really interesting. It's really interesting to 
when you are feeling sad about something, to identify why you're feeling sad about it in the area you think you're lacking, but also how do you remember it? And then question it a little bit. Because I remembered things in such a much happier way than they were, and they weren't miserable, but it just wasn't a full picture. It was a very selective picture, which didn't really create the right image for that experience, and it made me nostalgic for a situation that never actually occurred. It, it made me nostalgic for this most perfect, idealised version, like you're creating this dream world, and it's just not true. So I think that's really, really interesting. But now we should probably move on to the next part of the podcast, which is, so if you are feeling nostalgic, it's fine, but use it to question more things about yourself. I think it's a really, really interesting journal prompt. So that is your challenge for the rest of the week. Go and sit down and write down three things you're nostalgic for and work out why you're nostalgic about them. I think it's really interesting to highlight the areas of your life that you're lacking at the moment. So I would highly recommend, and I'm going to do that after this as well. But now we should probably move on to the next part of the podcast. Okay, new things I've done this week. I have read such a brilliant book and I really want you all to read it. It's written about um, a black man who attended Eton in the 1990s as a student there and his experiences growing up and going to Eton, being black and how the racism affected him and kind of Growing up with these characters that are now shaping our world today, because a lot of the people that he went to school with are now major politicians and not just about, he doesn't just talk about racism and how that's dealt with, but also it, it kind of exposes their characters. And honestly, it's a brilliantly written book. It's brilliantly written. It's very interestingly written. It's not in terms of like big chapters. Again, it's kind of like small stories that all lead into one another. Like they, rather than being very exacting and talking about one year, it kind of talks about standout moments through each of them. And like one chapter, for example, could be one page and then the next one will be about four pages. And it's really flippant and not flippant, sorry. It's really flexible in how it's used. And I think it's brilliant. I can't remember the name of it right now. It's upstairs, but I am going to go get that and put the link here. I would highly recommend you lot reading it. It's It's a really thought-provoking read especially in today's current climate I think it makes it really really important and the thing I liked about it throughout as well was this kind of the narration that you could read I love a book where you can hear the author speaking I find it really interesting and I feel like it creates a more personal tone so I would highly recommend reading that book it's really really good and it made me question a lot of things about what was going on and it really brought to light some of the things that go on at these schools these ultra rich wealthy schools unbelievable I don't know if any of you ever have ever watched the riot club but that is an insight and it was kind of indicating at that level kind of how this all happens and it's interesting to hear things from that from the point of view from someone who went there so long ago and hearing about the traditions and this type of school and also it was interesting hearing how the type of things that happen at the school the way that affects your thinking one of the most like interesting points he made was that the best thing he got from that was not the education, but how it set him up for life, the accent it provided him with, the kind of knowledge that it gave his peers that they were doing great because you are told you are great from day one. And I think that's really interesting. It's the concept that not only does the education prepare you, but they mould you into someone who knows they can achieve. And that's why so many people from these schools do achieve. And it's really, really good. I find things like that so interesting because obviously Eton and Harrow and those type of things, they're like a different world for the rest of us, like a totally different world. And I remember a few of my friends at uni, they went to those schools. And so hearing about this school from a first-hand perspective and a very honest first-hand perspective, it's 
it's just a really good read and I would highly recommend. Other new things that I've done this week, oh, yesterday, obviously, I did my first ever games night. I've never done that before. Never done it. Would highly recommend. Invite your friends around and get Monopoly deal. It gets a very, very competitive. Very competitive. I had no idea how to play, but it was actually really, really fun. And then we moved on to Ring of Fire, which is a classic you can't go wrong with. So go and have a games night. Read that book. And tonight's Dun, 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 dun. I'm finally starting Stranger Things again with Louis. I am nervous for the end. I don't know if this is the last one. I can't really remember what happens, but we will see. I'm excited about it. I feel really tired, so this will be the perfect hangover cure, especially with my massive load of snacks. Massive load of snacks. But yes, please read the book. Let's all watch Stranger Things and other new things that I've done this week. <laughs> oh my God, we hit 10K on TikTok. That's mad. That's so exciting and I feel like the community's growing really big and I don't really feel like it's me though. Um, I, like, I feel like it's everyone there. Do you know what I mean? It's not like my account, it's everyone's account. I just create these videos and post them but it's nice to see everyone interacting in the comments. That's the thing that I love so much about it is how people post something and then other people reply and kind of talk about their issue with them and it's just so supportive and lovely and uplifting and if you don't follow me on TikTok then... <laughs> You're missing out. I am at you've got mail underscore pod. I'm also on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod. I've managed to get the same name in both, which is beautiful. I should probably leave now because my boyfriend's sat in my room and I've just left him for the past hour as I did this. But I hope you're all having a lovely, lovely week and you're looking after yourselves and you treat yourself to some flowers and you have a good night's sleep and uh, make sure you do something that makes you smile this week. Do something nice. Do something out of the ordinary. I don't know what I'm going to do that's different this week, but I'm going to have to think of something. Have a lovely, lovely day. And I'm sorry this podcast episode is late. I was hungover. And sometimes you need to get through the hangover before you can speak. <laughs> Have a lovely week, guys, and I will speak to you soon. Love you, bye.